is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bungani in Washington. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, reports show that two years before the pandemic, Africa contributed around 13 billion US dollars to the global art market. This figure is predicted to increase exponentially in the next five years. This growth is attributed to several factors, including an increased appreciation for the cultural significance of African art, the emergence of a new generation of African artists, and the expansion of the global art market. And that's what we need to put for African art. And that's part of what our app is doing. Creating a structure where not only are we capturing the data, the information on these artists, um, but also in real time, how people are... um, are valuing those works, are selling and buying within the app. That is Onyinye Anyegbu. She's the co-founder and CEO of the African art trading platform, ArtSplit. She tells me that as people are looking for new forms of investment, they should strongly consider African art. And the good thing about dance is it's touching and impacting lives that we've not even met or seen. Mm-hmm. People get to tell their stories just by watching each and every one of us dance, and it's a good thing too. Dancing with a Purpose, a Ghanaian dance group based in Accra, Ghana, with millions of followers on social media. But first, let's hear from you. We asked you, what were some of the big stories from this past year, 2022? Hello, VOA. My name is Patrick Wasaja from Kampala, Uganda. So my biggest story this year is in entertainment uh, about Edelisa Msuza, a.k.a. Eddie Kenzo, being nominated in the, in the Grammy Awards. So it is a big story because this is the first time that a Ugandan artist uh, has been nominated in the Grammy Awards. And I think it's going to be a big story in uh, 2023 internationally my biggest story is uh, is in uh, was in world cup uh where an african country reached semi-finals in the names of morocco for us we did not expect morocco to go that far we were thinking that the likes of senegal cameroon or ghana would at least go to quarterfinals by this time, Morocco surprised us and it made up to the semi-finals. So those are my biggest stories. My name is Norman Turiatemba. Now, there are two stories I would consider, one local and another one international. On the international scene, I think uh, the invasion of Ukraine by the Russian forces has been the biggest story of this year, 2022. Uh, at first... Uh, Russia underestimated Ukraine and thought it was going to be an easy war. Actually, according to Putin, it wouldn't take him more than it would it would take him less than a month uh, to win a war. And this is a war that has been going on uh, for for close to ten months up uh, up to now, and it is still going on. Many thanks to each of you who contributed to the show. This is upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vungani. Now, reports show that the African continent contributes around 13 billion U.S. dollars to the global art market. And this figure is predicted to increase exponentially in the coming years, with that growth being fueled by a number of factors, including an increased appreciation for the cultural significance of African art, 
the emergence of a new generation of African artists and the expansion of the global art market. Even though it is often difficult to measure the value of African art, buyers often consider a number of factors including the age, reality, as well as the demand for that particular style or type of art. In fact, some African art pieces can be quite valuable, especially if they are considered important or significant in the art world, or if they have a rich history or cultural significance. The value can also be influenced by trends and shifts in the art market, with some pieces commanding millions of dollars at galleries and other trading platforms. For example, in 2018, a 50-year-old painting by the late Nigerian artist Ben Enwaunu, considered to be the father of African modernism, sold for over $1.4 million at Sotheby's. And to understand what is driving this surge of interest in African art, I reached Onyinye Anyegbu, the co-founder and CEO of ArtSplit, an African art trading platform that enables buyers to invest and own fractions of valuable African artworks. She tells me that as people are looking for new forms of investment, they should strongly consider African art. We created a proprietary technology that allows people split art. So we are an art technology company that uh, provides a platform where we create more accessibility to art that is in form of either a painting, a sculpture. Think about high value grade art. So if you think about people like your Ben and Wongu, Emma Stan, Elanatsui, those are really high value arts that very few people can afford, right? And we thought, how do we create access? And we figured co-ownership. We took the idea of co-ownership and we applied it into the technology that we built. So it allows people to start their entry into art from as little as one cent, 10 cents, because basically we take the value of that work, we break it into a hundred thousand splits, thereby taking the value of say a hundred thousand dollar entry work mm. to a $1 per split. So we really are a technology company that is leveraging the fractional model and applying splits to alternative investments like art. Okay, so I had the magic number here is 100,000 splits. Yeah, 100,000 splits. So why not 200,000? Why not 50,000? What, what, why is that the magic number? <laughs> That's such a good question. I remember when we were having that conversation. <laughs> why this number? I think we were looking for a number that would really make it um, easy um, and open up the opportunity to more people. And really, when you apply 100,000, you find out that it's, it becomes quite granite and very, very uh, minimal. If you keep going higher in the number, I think it then becomes quite hard to manage and it becomes a bit more ridiculous because the numbers then actually disappear if you go by splits. Um, we didn't go less, obviously, because if you take... So say the exhibition going up right now, you have a Grillo's work that is worth $351,000. If you apply 50,000 splits, it's still quite a high entry barrier for most people. Mm. But when you apply 100,000, it takes that entry to $3.51. And so someone can afford to buy five splits or 10 splits just as a start and kind of start earning from, from those purchases that it made. 
That is quite interesting. Now, let me ask you this. If if multiple people own a piece of art in yeah. these you know, splits, who gets to keep the actual physical art? Yeah, I think that's probably one of my most asked questions. Um, the, the truth of the matter is, Art has to be enjoyed and we need to ensure that we don't hide it in a vault. And so we created the lease contract. So once a work is fractioned and co-ownership is established, it then goes into a lease auction. And whoever wins that auction has the lease contract for two years. So the works that your colleague is going to be viewing right now in Lagos, those works are currently being bid. People are placing their bids on to have that work physically in their space for two years. But we need to ensure that we apply safety regulations on there. And so even though you win the contract, you need to meet the insurance requirements to actually be able to take physical custody of the work. So one person gets to enjoy it for two years by winning the lease auction and the earning from that lease auction is shared to all the owners of the work based on their percentage of ownership. So the person then who has bid the highest is the one that gets to keep the art for two years. Yes. they get. But you're making sure that they're protecting it. They, 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 there are all these standards in place for them to, to, to safeguard the sanctity of the work. Oh yeah, definitely. Every work is insured. Um, every place that the works have to be actually um, put in is actually is um, inspected and it's also that space is part of the insurance cover for that work for mm. that to pe- for that period of time and we then do actually our on and odd checks you know the checks that people just show up to make sure the works are still, <laughs> well. They're still where they say they should be yeah um, but we also have gone the extra mile to ensure that if in the instance anything does happen, our hope is that these works are really iconic and hence the level of protection we've put around them. Um, we, we also have every every person's um, split insured as well within there. In case you're just joining us, this is Upfront on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bongani. I'm chatting with Onyinye Anyegbu, the co-founder and CEO of ArtSplit, an African art trading platform for art buyers to invest and own fractions of valuable African artworks. Art experts say that one of the difficulties is figuring out the true value of African art pieces, with sellers often having to put into consideration a number of factors, and these factors can be influenced by trends and shifts in the art market. So I put the question to Onyinye. How do you figure out the true value of an African work of art? Who gets to decide how much the art is worth? Oh, yeah. I think everybody has a different answer to this question. But the way we do it in ArtSplit is we work with a curatorial board. Our curatorial board is made up of curators, art specialists, um, collectors, and they really help inform the reserve price value of any work that goes onto our app. Now, our curatorial board has um, input from our finance and strategy team who will pull together all of the data, um, both past auction data, um, current data on the artists. We pull all of that together as uh, data points that kind of feeds into the conversation in the curatorial board. But most times you tend to look at 
How is that artist doing currently? What has been their last selling price? How has that grown over time? You know, um, and mm. what is that potential? And also the medium, you know, how, how are they? You're looking at um, the peculiarity of the artist as well. All of these things inform the decision around the reserve price of, of an mm. artwork. Mm. Now, I've had so many people who say, listen, we have so much great contemporary art from the continent, but that when it hits the market, it is valued way below market value or quote-unquote market value in relation to other to their Western counterparts, you know. Uh, mm. How does your platform equal out that, that playing field? I, and I think that's a fair statement, right? Because we do feel that the African art market is still way undervalued, right? Um, if you think about masters like Ben and Wong, we know where are they earning the same consistently, you know, if you compare them to an English, um, a Western counterpart. Um, but also there's a bit, there's, you need to think about structure. There's been a bit more structure, right? And that's what we need to put for African art. And that's part of what our app is doing, creating a structure where not only are we capturing the data, the information on these artists, um, but also in real time, how people are um, are valuing those works, are selling and buying within the app. Um, all this contributes in terms of valuation of the artist and the work. And hopefully we start impacting the external market. Because what we're saying is that every work that comes into the app in the last eight months that we've been live has a minimum, a minimum increase of 14% from when it comes in in an auction for a split to when it goes into the secondary market where people can then buy and sell by match transaction within the app. So um, the framework we've created, hopefully we allow us to start gathering that information and creating a framework and a structure that would um, have for proper valuation of art. Because at the end of the day, right, art is valued at the at the price someone is willing to pay for it so that you've put a value on that work because that's what you're willing to pay for that work mm. and this information and data would then help build um a good sounding board um into the whole i guess global conversation of valuing african art the continent has thousands of young talented artists that are doing amazing work i've covered many of them from east africa to west africa to Southern Africa, many of them have been waiting for such marketplaces. I, I hear you're talking about much more established artists, iconic artists. Uh, do you have a space or a place uh, to, 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 to actually sell art for these upcoming artists? Yeah, definitely. And we're quite passionate about that as well. So within our platform in the app, there is a space called the open market. That is where you would find works from emerging artists. Like we have a few works from some really amazing South African emerging artists like Uluwetu, Divorce, Bonzile. Um, and, and their works are out there on the open market where people can actually purchase those works fully. Um, and, and the artist gets paid instantly wherever they are in the world. So um, we've, we've created that space to one, as people come into the app through splits, we are creating a space where we can start building the next group of collectors who are starting to buy their first piece for $500 and move up the chain, right? Um, mm. and, and also we want to ensure that 
we have emerging artists being able to showcase their work, working with, you know, really talented curators across different parts of Africa um, and around the world, really, to bring those beautiful, like, works and of art to the forefront of our users. And finally, how is this different from uh, NFT or NFT marketplaces? Well, I would say, first, we we deal with physical art. So um, NFT is quite digital, it's on the blockchain and all of those pieces. But we deal with physical art, which means these are artworks that you can take and hang on your wall that has either been created either in a form, it could be any medium, it could be sculptures, it could be painting, it, it really could be any medium of art, And but it is a physical piece, it's not, not digital. I think that's the big difference, right? Yeah. We, we've created a space where people can invest in it, but also enjoy that presence and beauty of art. Mm. And And really, the way the platform is working is, because it enables effective splitting of assets, we we are looking at other forms of art like music and what that could also look like. So it is an ex- exciting time for us and, and really looking at the data from the app and what our users are saying to kind of help us evolve the next stage. That was Onine Anyegbu. She's the co-founder and CEO of ArtSplit, an African art trading platform. I reached her in London. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Border Crossings. Join host Larry London. Larry London. On Border Crossings, VOA's only worldwide music request hour. Every weekday at 1500 Universal. Tune in for the biggest hits and amazing artists. Win prizes and get the latest news from exclusive celebrity interviews. Send your requests to Facebook at VOA Larry London, Twitter at Border Crossings, or Instagram at Border Crossings VOA, or call 202-619-2077 and have your favorite music played to the entire world. Ah. Don't miss Border Crossings every weekday at 1500 Universal, only on The Voice of America. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. You're listening to Upfront on The Voice of America. I'm Jackson Vongani. Now, American dancer and choreographer Agnes DeMille once said that the truest expression of a people is its dance and its music. 
That is true here in Accra, where for a group of young dancers, dance is not just a fun hobby. It's also a form of self-expression and most importantly, a representation of their beautiful culture. And thanks to social media, the popular group known as Dancing with a Purpose or DWP get to share their passion with their millions of followers around the world. On my recent trip to Accra, I visited their studio where they taught me a few moves and they spoke to me about their love for dancing, their motivation and the kind of impact that dancing has had on their lives. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I am a big fan. Uh, so right next to me is Endurance. Endurance, how did you start off? How did the group start? And what do you hope to achieve through dance? Okay, how did I start? Uh, I didn't believe I was going to be here. But I think I had to sit back and make some certain decisions that was going to affect me positively. And then I found DWP Academy. And since then, it's been all glory, grace, mm. greatness. How has dance changed your life? A lot. Um, down to my family, down to friends, mm. and down to people I've not even met. It's like, it makes me happy. And something that makes you happy, actually, would also make other people happy. Absolutely. So that's what I agree with you 100%. Me. Are you guys all from uh, around here in Accra? Do you come from different provinces? No. The interesting thing is we all come from different parts of Ghana. Mm. And dance has brought us together. Danita Yeboa, who goes by the names Afronita, has become a sensation on social media, racking up millions of views on platforms like TikTok and Instagram. She says that through dance, she has gained a family and also been exposed to new people from different cultures around the world. My story is, is personal, but this is all of us. So we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different families with different training. And then we found ourselves here. We didn't just learn how to dance, or we didn't just learn how to perfect our dance moves, but we learned how to become a family. We learned how to associate ourselves with different people from different culture. We learned how to build our brands. We learned how to do other things aside dance. So DWP didn't just make us dancers, but it made us great people, and it's still making us better people for the mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Anita says that social media has been a game changer for young dancers. It has helped many grow their audiences and gain professional opportunities. So I think social media has done great good to us because through social media we are able to express who we are to other people. Through social media we are able to inspire other people to want to be dancers. Through social media we are able to even save lives because probably there's someone out there trying to commit suicide and they see your video and the person feels happy or the person feels like there's a reason why she should have some hope to continue with it. So social media has done great good to us. It has helped us even to get jobs because most of the jobs we get is for social media. Mm. Social media has done great good Absolutely. Rachel, coming to you. Police woman, crazy energy, so infectious. How did so you start much. into dancing? Okay, so way back in school, I really loved dancing. So in school, normal choreography is I'm the leader. Yes, <laughs> and then with the same energy, but then I wanted it to become something part of me, so mm. I wanted it to become like my profession, like how somebody would wake up early in the morning, put on suits, and go sit in the office. I'd want to wake up early in the morning, put on my sneakers, and come for work. 
Yes, so that's that is how I wanted it to be part of my mm. life. Demzi Bayer says that it was never an easy journey for them as a group in a traditional society, but persistence and love for dance pushed them through. Okay, so personally, it, it didn't start well for any of us because we've been asked this question like multiple times, and we've all answered in the same way, like familiar ways, similar ways. And I feel like with time, things are changing because. Um, Gradually, I don't know what I saw some kids in the class, but as time went on, since we were groomed in a way that we specifically chose what we wanted to do alongside education, we didn't throw anything away. We actually added both. If it's dancing and music and something you want to do, feel free and do that. You know, it's giving you that platform to do mm-hmm. everything you want to do. So I feel like our, our parents are seeing it because now the phones are everywhere. They're seeing things online and all that. So it's also motivating them to talk to their kids. Maybe if their kids come, Dad, I want to also down. They'll be like, okay, I'll give you a chance. Go and join the baby for two weeks. If, if I don't see any improvements, you come back and yeah. get that. I'm still chatting with a group of young Ghanaian dancers dancing with a purpose. We are inside their studios in Accra where they have just finished teaching a class of amateur dancers from around the community. So I asked Endurance to introduce us to the rest of the dancers in the group. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. Over here with the lots of a lot of hair, yeah. we have Key Guy, and then this guy, very creative, we call him our videographer of DWB, and very creative, insane dancer, Mukesh. Yeah. We have King Nature. King Nature. Yes. Love that name. King Nature. Yeah. Over here, the energetic, timeless. There's yeah. a reason for that name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, timeless. Reason. And there we have Mr. Zeva Boy. <laughs> Zeva. Zeva Boy. Zeva Boy. Yes. Yes. Ziva. Ooh. <laughs> Over here I'm we have Amisha. the instant, <laughs> instant creator. Yeah. His name is D to the E to the E M Z Y. Bye yeah. Over here, we have the All right, we have Champion Rolly. Champion Rolly. A very spectacular gentleman. A great yeah. dancer, too. <laughs> and now we have International Becomes. International Becomes. What inspires the dance moves? Something very universally African, universal and then African, specifically African to it. How do you come up with the moves? I, I would say it's grace and it's good. Mm. Personally, uh, what inspires my moves where I come from, what I've been through. You, you channel that energy. Yeah. And I just try to be different as possible. Yes, I think we all we have different stories that has a reason for creating whatever we have to create. Mm. So everybody is in, involved in the creative process. Yes. I saw you guys teaching some people in the community how to dance. Yes, yes. First of all, how long does it take to come up with those moves? Mm. They, us, they look very sophisticated for non-dancers. Sophisticated. Yeah. To us, it's like this. Like that? Yeah, like, just like this. Snap of a finger. Yeah. And then we're creating. Yeah. Where, where do you want to see this dance movement going for you guys? If there's another place apart from 
the world. I think we wanted to reach the Mars. Mars, right? Take African dance to Mars. Okay, yeah. let's go, okay. baby. We we'll go to Mars. We we'll go to Mars. Yeah. Yes, we're going to expand to Mars. Mm. Yes, but we wanted to touch every life. And the good thing about dance is, it's touching and impacting lives that we've not even met or seen. Mm. People get to tell their stories just by watching each and every one of us dance, and it's a good thing to to witness. Did you know that this is the kind of impact you're going to have when you started this? We didn't or, know. Does it surprise you? At the, this point, the, the, the way people embrace. Uh, sometimes, mm. sometimes it does. With the help of our leaders in DWP, I think it made that possible. So I know this has uh, been a long day for you guys, been dancing, a little tired. I don't want to take more of your time, but I just want to learn one move. That was the group Dancing with a Purpose. I visited them in Accra, Ghana. Many thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. Remember to connect with us on social media at VOA Upfront. That's on both Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Jackson Vungani in Washington, wishing you a great week ahead, Africa. Straight Talk Africa. Climate change tops our agenda. It's wreaking havoc worldwide, and many African countries are already feeling the heat. We'll look at what's behind the growing call for climate justice across Africa, and we'll shine a spotlight on young Africans who are taking climate action in their countries. Join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa this Wednesday at 18:30 UT.